tell y'all a funny story. I was so excited and nervous about today's guest, Sadie Robertson Huff, that I realized only after we wrapped recording that even though I was holding my microphone in my hand, just as I am now, I forgot to plug the doggone thing in. So here I am chatting away, thinking my wonderful Blue Yeti mic is going to give me optimal sound quality, and then all you get is this. But y'all didn't come to hear from me anyway. You came to hear from Sadie Robertson Huff, a dynamic woman who has a great message to share, who also happens to be on fire for Jesus. She could not have been sweeter, and I can't wait for you to tune into our conversation. Boy, do we have a great episode for you today, listeners. On the show today is the remarkable Sadie Robertson Huff, author of Who Are You Following? Pursuing Jesus in a Social Media Obsessed World. Sadie, who shot to fame as a young teenager alongside her family on the hit show Duck Dynasty, is, in addition to being an author, a podcaster herself, her show is fantastic and called Whoa, That's Good, a public speaker and an entrepreneur. She's also a wife to Christian and mom to Honey. She's only 24 years old, I might add. In the book, Sadie draws on her own experience as a social media influencer and addresses topics like online comparison, cancel culture, and more. And Sadie, what I most love about you is your extremely evident and out front love for Jesus. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. What a great introduction. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's an honor to have you here. So as I said just a second ago, you're a social media influencer. Social media is literally a part of your job, but you write in the book about deleting Instagram. Why did you need to change and take a detox? Yeah, so I had just been noticing some patterns in my life that just were not healthy, honestly, when it came to social media. Um, Social media at the time was having more of a negative effect than a positive one in my life. I felt like um, when I would get on it, I would feel discouraged or sad or comparing myself to others, feeling lonely or um, even just like seeing things I didn't need to see, you know, just all around just a toxic thing for me at that time in my life. And I kind of felt like I was posting about myself in one way, but I was living another way, Um, like posting pictures that made my life look so perfect. And then in real life, you know, I was really struggling with different things. And so I just realized that this is not healthy. This is not good. And you're right. I am a social media influencer, if you will. And so part of my job is to do social media. And even at the time I had some uh, promotional posts that I was scheduled to post. I knew I had to post in the next coming up months, but it didn't matter. I was like, I have to take a break. I have to stop because I need to get my heart healthy. And I think that's the thing that a lot of us don't do with social media is we don't discern those moments. We just kind of are a slave to it. And we say, oh, well, this is just how it is. This is how it is for everyone. This is the way social media is, but it's actually not true. Social media really is what we make it. Uh, It is what we create it because we have the power to kind of do that in social media. And so for me, I said, I need to take a step back reevaluate, reassess, and re-enter the room when I'm ready. And gosh, even just those three months of taking a minute um, made all the difference in the world for how I came back on. And, you know, years later now, I'm sitting here and I can say I love social media. I can see the beauty of social media and the, um, the blessing of social media, but it did take a little reset. And I think that's so mature and wise of you to know that you needed to do that. And sometimes all of us need that. And it's, it gets, it's harder when that's your job and you have to do it, It, but good for you for standing up for yourself and doing what you needed to do for you. So in the book, some of the statistics you put in the book about social media are, are staggering. 
millennials, the book says, spend an average of 2.5 hours a day on social media, which honestly, to me, seems low, even. Um, yeah. What What is the influence of social media in our lives? Why is it so all-consuming? Yeah, that certainly is low. You know, I put it in the book as well that one of my actual friends said that she spent seven hours on TikTok one day. And that that's the reality yeah. is that we're spending hours on social media each day. And I'm guilty of it too. There are times where, you know, I'll spend way too much time on Instagram. But I, I think the thing is, is, you just have to be aware that any t- anything in your life that you're spending that much time on, that you're putting that much emphasis on, that that much, you know, of your life is focused on, it will affect your life. And so what I wanted to pose the question of this in this book is how is that affecting your life? If you're spending two and a half hours on social media, how do you feel in your day? How, are you confident in who you are? Are you in the Lord, like in good relationship? Do you feel like you're living out your purpose? Because the reality is, is that as a generation, we're lonelier than we've ever been. We have more anxiety than ever. We're comparing ourselves to everyone. We don't feel confident. We have purpose anxiety and all these things. And so I just thought, okay, well, if all of this is true, what is it that's making us that way? And I'm not saying social media in and of itself is the only reason why we are that way, but I am saying that we spend too much time on it for not to have a massive effect in our life. And some of those things are an, a direct effect from social media. My big thing though, is that social media is not bad. Social media is only as healthy as we are. And so we need to get healthy so that social media can be a healthy place as it was intended to be. Absolutely. And you know, you write that this is our problem to fix. I agree with you. How do we even begin to fix our addiction to social media? Do you recommend detoxing like you did? What what do we how what's a good first step for someone that may be listening that is finding like you said that social media is not really benefiting them anymore? Yeah, I think a detox is a great way to kind of reset and just evaluate where you're at. And I've had several friends kind of reset from social media detox and just take a few months away, take a few days away, maybe a week away. And it always just sets their posture up right when they come back on. It's been a healthy thing for everyone. I've never heard someone do a social media cleanse or fast and uh, it'd be a bad thing. It's always been a good thing. Even for me to this day, I'll take breaks every now and then. I spent uh, two weeks ago, I deleted it for a week, you know, just because I just need that. And I think that's smart. But I think another thing that, you know, will help you with social media, if you're not willing to delete it, is just put intention behind it. I think because it's something that we just go on and scroll and numb ourselves, like we're not putting any intention, there's no discernment in that, but putting the intention behind it is what makes it purposeful, is it makes you actually do things that matter with it. I love it. And, you know, social media isn't just a time suck. The book reports that people who frequent higher numbers of social media platforms report higher numbers of depression and anxiety, which I totally believe. And one in 16 are victims of abusive behavior online. So for me personally, I find myself deeply enmeshed in comparison culture. What is comparison culture for those that might not know and how is it toxic? I heard it once said that social media is a person's highlight reel and we're only seeing part of the story. Totally. Well, yeah, I mean, that is the thing. Social media is definitely a highlight reel and it's not necessarily a bad thing that social media is that way because of course we want to share the good things in our life. Of course we want to share the things that are fun. You know, you don't want to go and share just the worst of the worst moments with, you know, people that don't even know you. And there's actually wisdom in that, you know, knowing who your people are, knowing what to share. The danger of that, however, is that people's perspective of people's life is that their life is perfect and that they have it all together, that their body is perfect or their relationship is. And because that's all they see and 
people don't look at it at face value as if that's a moment for them. That's awesome. They say that's their whole life. And then they say, my life isn't as good. And because she's great, I'm not as great. And because she's in a relationship and I'm not, what does that mean for me? And because she has a perfect body and I don't, then I need to do something to fix that. And there's this comparison trap that you get in of this person's so awesome, which means I'm, I'm, I'm not. And I think that's where the danger begins with that is when you start comparing yourself to somebody else's life. And it's just a picture of someone else's life. It's not someone else's life and your perspective can really damage you in that sense and you know thank you for sharing that that's something that you struggle with because I know that's a hard thing and that's something I've struggled with I think we've all kind of gone through it and for me what I'm wanting people to realize is you don't have to live in that you know it is a part of our culture but it doesn't have to be your story Um, but you have to get to a healthy place in order to be able to be on social media and not compare yourself but champion the girl who's crushing it, you know, and champion the person who's, you know, doing the very thing you wish you were doing, you know, there's, there's such a maturity and in your faith that has to come to be able to say like, man, praise God, that person's doing what they're doing. And that takes, you know, being really intentional with um, how you view other people's life and the perspective that you have. I love it. I love, uh, yes. And speaking of God and your faith, uh, let's talk about Jesus for a moment, shall we? So yes. part Part of the book's title is Pursuing Jesus in a Social Media Obsessed World. You write, I love this, that the ultimate follow is Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Tell our audience, if you will, a little bit about your faith journey. Yes, so I love Jesus. I have been a believer my whole life, but really, you know, came to have a serious, serious relationship with God whenever I was around 17. It's probably more like my public, you know, ministry um and gosh he's just so good and I think what I've realized in my life and what I really want to stress in this book is that I've had the opportunity to see fame I've seen success I've seen the very things that people would say are the things that they crave and the things that they want and those things didn't offer me the thing that mattered in life those things fell short those things did not give me confidence those things did not give me joy those things did not give me life I think it brings me satisfaction but whenever I started truly following Jesus Christ I found joy I found love I found contentment I found confidence I found everything my soul was truly searching for and so that's why this stress in this book is to follow Jesus don't follow culture follow Jesus don't follow social media follow Jesus don't follow fame because Jesus is the way the truth and life Jesus is getting us to the father and there's so many things in life that you know we follow down a path on that have no direction for themselves right and Jesus is different than that when you follow Jesus there is a clear path and it's to the goodness of the father and so my relationship with Jesus is strong because I feel like um, it's just real, you know, and anyone can have that strong relationship with Jesus when it just becomes real to you. And when you've finally surrendered just everything else in life and say, God, it's all about you. And so I hope people get to that point in this book, you know, maybe they buy it for the, you know, aspect of learning about social media and how to navigate that. But I hope at the end of the book that people truly are like, man, I just want to follow Jesus because he's everything that I need. Well, I think you, you write so beautifully that we're all seeking to fill the Jesus-sized hole in our hearts. One way to do that is through social media. Some do it through alcohol, some do it through drugs, some do it through um, gambling, some do it through food. Um, One way is through social media, but as you write, followers don't equal friendship. And through social media, we may be seen, but we aren't known. And that's such a beautiful distinction. So why will social media never fully satisfy us the way a relationship with Jesus will? 
With social media, the thing people do is it can't satisfy you. They cannot satisfy you the way that Jesus um, can satisfy you because with Jesus, you have a real relationship. There's real relationship to that. There's you are fully known and you are fully loved. You are fully known for your past mistakes that is seen and there's grace for that and you are loved and you have a future. With social media, it's not even set up like that. You're not intended to be fully known. How could you be fully known? You're literally just posting pictures of yourself with curated captions and filters on them and stories of a bit of your day. And it's literally, it's not built like that. And I think people are using it like that. People are posting on social media for that attention, for that um, those likes. But in reality, it goes deeper than that. They want to feel loved. They want to feel known. They want to feel accepted. They want all of these soul deep things that social media cannot fill the gap in. Only Jesus can do that. If you want to feel seen and you want to feel known and you want to feel loved and all these things and you have to find that in relationship with God and relationship with people genuinely like I'm not just saying that this is just a relationship with God even in first John 4 it talks about how no one's ever seen God but we get to see God through the way that we love and so there's something beautiful about the fact that we get to show each other God through the way that we love people but even that is not a social media relationship that's that's with your you know your best friend your mom or your husband or you know your aunt or whoever it is in your life that genuinely loves you and knows you but you can't be fully you know known you can't be fully loved unless you're fully known i just i just believe that and i think social media we we say these things like you're liked and we have this little heart but but it just falls short because it can't make you feel loved because at the end of the day you know well what if people know what if people knew me and that fear creates all that doubt and that insecurity and that loneliness and so that's what i'm saying don't don't take all these big problems to social media it can't fix those problems for you it can't answer those problems for you it'll just make it worse even if you do get 5 million followers and a million likes, or even if you get 5,000 or 25,000, whatever your goal is, it will never be enough to satisfy because it's not created to. But that's the only, that's the only thing that God can do. Yeah. Only Jesus can provide that satisfaction. And I can, social media has never been my um, addiction per se, but you know, other things like food have been and no amount of anything other than Jesus will fill that Jesus size hole in my heart. And that's just, that's just that. And so I'd love, Sadie, to hear your take on cancel culture. You mentioned it in the book. Yeah, so cancel culture is super interesting. Obviously, um, it's really been heightened over the past few years, um, year maybe since we've had COVID and kind of been locked up in the house. And you just have seen person after person just get completely canceled. If you say one thing wrong or um, you know, it doesn't matter how long of a legacy of a good person you've been, one thing and you're done. And that is just so not the message of the gospel. And it's just so opposite of the heart of Jesus. It's so opposite than what the church should be. And so, you know, in, in that chapter, I'm not necessarily talking to the world, but I'm talking to the church of, hey, like, this is not what Christ is about. It's not what the church is about. There's so much grace involved with that. And I just thought it was such an interesting point that Jesus, who is the most canceled person in history, who you wouldn't really think of as canceled because you're like, Jesus isn't canceled. Like people still talk about him today. People still follow him. There's millions of people. Yeah, but he literally got crucified. Like the ultimate yeah. cancellation. Like he, even in his cancellation, even though he was the most canceled, he is the one that literally cancels cancel culture for us. He provides grace for us. He provides mercy for us. He provides a way forward for us. So what a beautiful thing that not only is this not the message of the gospel, it's the opposite message of the gospel and Jesus gives us a way out. And so, you know, I think that cancel culture provides fear in people to think like, well, 
I don't want to truly be fully me or say my full opinion or love the Lord, because what if I get canceled? And there's just this hope in that, that saying, Hey, even if you do like there's hope for you, Christ has a way out for you. There's a new self for you. There's grace, there's mercy and all these things. And so, gosh, I just, I love that message of the gospel. And I didn't want that to get lost in the midst of this cancel culture that the world's putting on us. Yes. Like, I hope you're taking this message everywhere worldwide because it's just so important. I mean, that's the whole point of grace, right? Is, is forgiveness. Yep. And yep. Which is the exact opposite of what cancel culture is. And yep. so Christians, if you're taking part in cancel culture, you're literally going against everything that Jesus died for on the cross for you. And yep. it's all about redemption, forgiveness. Um, that's, that's what Jesus stands for. And uh, amen and amen. So my last question for you is, what do you hope readers get out of this book? Because it is a great read. It, make, it has made me think about so much with my usage, usage of social media uh, and my consumption of it. So what do you hope readers ultimately get out of the book? That's awesome. Well, I think really what you just said, I hope people think, like genuinely stop and think. I think we're so rushed these days that we just barrel through things and don't even think about the consequences they have. And I genuinely hope that it allows people to stop and think and ask themselves the question, like, who am I following? Like, I love how the book, the title is a question, like, who am I following? Like, what am I seeking? What, what, and what effect has that had on my life? Because I think if we would just think about it for a second and discern it a little bit, I genuinely think we'd want to choose the right thing. I think we want to choose the right path. And so hopefully this gets people thinking, who am I following? And if they're not following Jesus and then he's not the first part of of their life and they'll you know they'll, they'll rearrange the order their priorities and so I think that would make a massive change in the world if people are following Jesus first I think that the world would look different and so that's that's genuinely what I hope people get out of it such a good book thank you for this book who are you following is out February 1st Sadie I have so enjoyed you being here thank you for your love for Jesus and for making him more known Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. Thanks for reading the book and loving it and uh, having me on the show. It's such an important message that nothing can fill the Jesus-sized hole in your hearts but Jesus. Social media is so pervasive in our culture. It's important to take a step back and see its impact on our lives. Is it hurting us more than it's helping us? If so, consider a reset like Sadie spoke about on the show. So later this week, I've got the phenomenal Anne Choquette on the show to talk about her book, The Big Life, and her career as the former editor-in-chief of Seventeen Magazine. I hope your week is off to a great start. Happy February, and we'll chat very soon.